In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey, everyone. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm at Mercedes-Benz Stadium where Atlanta United defeated the New England Revolution 2-1 to one here on Saturday. The victory pushes the five stripes to 66 points, four ahead of the New York Red Bulls, who will play at San Jose tonight. Atlanta United needs a combination of six points won or dropped in the remaining three games after the San Jose game. To clinch the Supporters' Shield, they need a combination of one more point won or dropped by New York, by them or New York, uh, to clinch a spot in next year's CONCACAF Champions League tournament. I am joined, as always, by Jason Longshore of 92.9 FM and SoccerDownHere.com. How are you, Jason? Doing well. Not uh, not hustling to try to catch a flight out of LaGuardia like last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's do a little housekeeping super quick. Uh, the big news from today's game, three pieces of big news. Uh, George Bellow, 16-year-old uh, left wing back, opened his MLS account with his first goal. It came in the 17th minute. He is the sixth youngest player in MLS history to score. That was followed by an injury to Miguel Almiron. I think it's a hamstring injury. It's definitely a muscular injury. Tests are being done. Uh, he is likely going to miss the next two games, uh, according to manager Gerardo Martino. The good news for Atlanta United is it really has a month, more than a month, until it will host its first playoff game. Uh, it has less than a month until it will play its first playoff game. That would be November 4th on the road. It would host its first game on November 11th. So Almiron does have time. The other piece of good news is the remaining two opponents have already been eliminated from the playoffs. Atlanta United should be able to get the six points, which would also set an MLS single-season points record of 72, breaking the mark set by Toronto last year of 69. Okay, now, having said all that, Jason, what did you make of today's game? I thought Atlanta did what the game really presented for them. New England was interesting. They are a team that has you know, been defined as wanting to be similar to New York in that they want to press, they want to be aggressive, they want to be in your face, but they didn't press very high early on. Um, they condensed the field. I mean, you saw multiple times the middle third was about 20 yards long and Touchline to touchline with every New England player in that space. They tried to play a high line. Were nearly burned a couple of times early. Uh, offside calls were correct. Went back and saw both of those. And Martinez' goal taken away. Bello was offside. I think on another one too. Um, nearly beat the offside trap. But I think the long passing was a key today. Fifty-four passes over thirty yards were completed. And you saw a ton from Parkhurst, Gonzalez, Perez, Lorenowitz. A little different than we saw in New York last week where, you know, again, it's a different type of press. They're, they're not really pressing as high, so it was a little bit harder to hit that long ball last week because you had 
you had defenders challenging you, but Atlanta, when they were able to open the game up with that, I thought where they were very effective. Yeah, New England is supposed to be a team that presses, but they weren't aggressive at all. They were kind of, I don't know if you could judge it on a scale from one to five, it was about a three. And so Atlanta United's defenders had time to pick those passes, which is kind of the, the, the what's the word I'm looking for? The, the opposite of a press. Uh, it really didn't make any sense what New England was trying to do today. It's a little more of a trap. Like, I mean, if yeah, you're trying to sit odd. back and, and yeah. press, you know, once you get to a certain point, you're setting that confrontation line. It was just strange, and it was different. And for me, the other side was I think New England got so focused in on seeing George Bellow in the starting lineup and his age that they decided to focus their attack down that side not playing through Christian Pania, who's been their best player this season, and, and trying to play through Guillermo Halche, who's played three games with the club. And, I mean, Halche couldn't make anything happen against Bello. I, I, Bello will get all the talk about the goal, but I thought defensively Bello was outstanding today, and nothing came from that side of the field for New England. Yeah, Jeff Lorinowitz, I, I sat down with him in the locker room after the game, and that was one of the things that he said that um, – Bellows one-on-one defending was great. He said New England came at him several times but never got past him. Now, no. Bello had to make a couple of tackles from behind, uh, which is, you know, dangerous. Made and, one in the 18 that was yeah. clean as a whistle. And shows some guts but also a little bit of inexperience also. Um, but that will come with more playing time and more maturity and as they get used to honestly, the speed of the game. Honestly, no. I mean, that one, I have to go back and look at how it developed to how he ended up having to, to make the, the late attempt. But – he went in very cleanly. It wasn't a reckless tackle in any way. He had to make it, and he stepped up. And that's where I think Bella was today. Even in possession, I thought he was just consistently knew where he wanted to go with the ball. Before it got to him, he was very decisive with his passing. Short passes were good. Long passes were good. Bellow didn't look like a 16-year-old. And it baffled me that New England never tried to go through Pania on the other side and take advantage of of his speed up against Gressel. Yeah, Gressel had a, another good game. He, he scored in the 52nd minute, uh, his fourth goal this season. It was a little bit of a bounce back after a, a tough Red Bulls game for him, uh, I thought. It was good good work rate from him because that play was a little bit slow to develop. And, and Tito Vialba, he, he needs to get more credit for his distribution. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, everybody, we, we talk about Miguel, we talk about, uh, Julian in terms of passing, but Tito's right there with them over these last two years. And that play, I think, was a prime example. Kind of takes his time, holds up. It's like he knows he's getting some help. He knows the, the cavalry's coming. And Gressel just runs through an arm tackle from Kellen Rowe, who realizes he's beaten, slips it to him, and then Gressel with the composure inside the 18. It was a great finish. Okay, so they have a break. FIFA mandated break this week. Um... Who is going to step in for Almiron, assuming that he can't play? I think it's Barco. I think it's what we saw. I think it's Barco. I think it's Nagby Rometty. I think Lorenowitz stays on the back line. I think this is the lineup that we see right now that they're most comfortable in. It's different with Barco as the 10 in this setup than Miguel because Barco – doesn't cover as much ground. He plays the 10 a little bit more like a traditional playmaker 10. He also drifts a little bit to the left side. That's where he's comfortable. That's where he's played the most in his career. 
I thought it created more space for Darlington Nagby to step forward and kind of have a little bit more of an impact in the game. I thought it created some space for Tito Vialba to drop a little bit too and get involved. When those three can get on the same page in this, I thought we saw some great moments with it in flashes today. It wasn't consistent. You also saw some miscommunication and some passes go wayward. I think there's a lot of potential for it. It will look different. It will play differently, but I think it can still be very, very effective. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Martino hinted that Barco is likely going to be the guy to come in and take control of the team, uh, was his quote. The uh, other alternative... The end of the press conference. There, there's not a lot of... There's not a like-for-like. Like. Miguel's a special player, and, and his work rate and his full range that he gives you, there's, there's nobody in the league who can do it. But the other alternatives would really be to bring Escobar back into the back mm-hmm. line, That's what I was push thinking. Lorenowitz into the sixth, move Nagby up. Move Nagby yeah. up. Nagby's not really a 10 either, so how would that look? I like this move. I really like what Barco does. Where Miguel opens teams up because of his his pace. You have to respect his speed at all times. What Barco's able to do, even when it doesn't show up in, in a pass and assist, his dribbling, he's able to move the defense around so well. He, he, he'll dribble you to one side and pull defenders over and open up space for somebody else to take. And that's where I think Nagby, Remetti, the wingbacks will have a lot of opportunities with Barco on the field. All right. Well, there you go. You can read more about uh, how Atlanta United may try to overcome Almiron's absence uh, tomorrow. I'm going to write a story about that. Unfortunately, they do have experience from last year. Uh, overcoming a hamstring injury, suffered right around the same time in the schedule. Very similar situation Uh, all the way around. It's really weird. Uh, But anyway, uh, I'm now going to play for you some interviews uh, that were taken after the game. Going to start with Gerardo Martino. Do it with a lot of hard work and a lot of sacrifice. Do I hear again and then Matt? Considering you won, you seem a little somber compared to Hoff's in previous wins. Is that related? Is that accurate? And if so, is it because of Almiron's injury, or why is that? Tener esta lesión y saber que probablemente los próximos dos partidos queda fuera. Pero no, estoy bien, estoy tranquilo en realidad, no, ni muy eufórico, pero tam, tampoco este, este desconforme. Creo que hemos hecho un buen partido y lo que siento es tranquilidad de haber revertido rápidamente lo, lo del fin de semana pasado. That it's, it's a tough situation for him that he's probably gonna have to miss the next two games. But um, you know, I'm not I'm not euphoric, but I'm not very upset. I'm okay. I think it was good that we're able to, to quickly get over that loss from last week. A veces los entrenadores estamos más eufóricos cuando los triunfos vienen acompañados de grandes actuaciones. Hoy tuvimos una actuación sólida, pero no fue nuestras de nuestras mejores expresiones futbolísticas. Yeah, coaches are usually more euphoric when you get a win, but also it's, it's a great performance. And today we got the win, um, but, you know, the performance could have been better. Plus two. Matt, Mitch. Um, what did you guys learn from last week 
Uh, obviously, both teams, they like to press up high. But last week in the first half, you managed to still try to play out of the back. What made you change today to where you played over the top rather than try to play into their, their game plan? Dice los dos equipos, bueno, hoy y la semana pasada los dos equipos mencionan. Y, y por qué, o si hiciste un cambio para jugar más no. largo hoy. Bueno, jugamos más largo porque la defensa rival es jugar tan alta y, y se sostiene alta con lanzadores con mucho tiempo para, para lanzar y sin tanta presión que era este, casi una necesidad eh, proponer el juego largo después de alguna circulación de la línea de tres. Eh, y la diferencia con el partido de la semana pasada fue que la presión de los delanteros de Red Bull fue más intensa que la de hoy y entonces era mucho más difícil la semana pasada poder dar ese primer paso. <coughs> yeah, I think we played a little bit more long balls today because New England plays a high line and so after we had the ball, you know, moving around our defense a little bit, we were able to, to play long balls today. But the main difference between that and last week was that the, the forwards from Red Bulls pressed with more intensity than, than New England. So that was the difference. Uh, Ezekiel has come off the bench as a substitute the past um, few games. Um, is that a role that you think he's embraced? And how do you think he played today coming in from Miguel in that tough situation? Si Ezekiel, si cree que Ezekiel está cómodo en su rol, si le toca jugar desde el banquillo, y luego qué tal hizo cuando entró. No, no creo que haya ningún jugador que se sienta cómodo estando en el banco de suplentes y mucho menos un jugador este, como Ezequiel con todas las expectativas que se generó su, su venida aquí a Atlanta pero también hay una, una cuestión clara que este, a veces los entrenadores vemos mejor a un futbolista que a otro y él tiene que este, aceptar esa situación aunque no, aunque no le guste y eh, volcar lo mejor de sí cuando le toca, le toca ingresar como creo que lo hizo este, todavía con mucho sacrificio, todavía faltándole tranquilidad, que es lo que le sobra para, para poder manejar el equipo. I don't think any player is comfortable coming off the bench, especially someone like Ezequiel, who who's you know arrived here with a lot of expectations. But as a coach, you know the players, you make your decisions, and the players have to to accept them. Um, but I thought Ezequiel did well when he came in. I thought he played with a lot of sacrifice and. Um, no, que, que, lo, que le tiene que lograr un poquito más de tranquilidad para poder manejar el equipo, recuperar la confianza más que lograr tranquilidad. Oiga, Alexis Sánchez no estaba contento de estar en el banco cuando entró en el partido. <laughs> now George Bello six youngest player to score know anything about that uh, I mean it's amazing I really haven't I don't think it has settled down in me yet but in a few hours I'm probably going to be going crazy so it's just a great feeling and then to be able to help the team to progress in the playoffs and positioning is even greater so George, wing back, it's, uh, it's a popular position in international football. Uh, some of the best players in the world play that position. 
you look like a guy and you play like a guy that watches a lot of soccer. Do you, first of all, is that true? And if you if you do watch a lot of soccer, who do you watch? Who do you like to emulate your game after? Yeah, I do watch a lot. Every game that I can watch, I try to watch it. And I usually watch Marcelo, uh, Marcos Alonso for Chelsea, David Alaba, those like positions because they're all attacking players. And then also look what they do to like track back and defend. So I try to make my game after them. After your first game, you talked about being tired, both mentally and physically, but just after 60 minutes and getting your feet under you. Play a full set today. How do you feel physically right now? Yeah, right now I'm pretty tired. So, <laughs> but it's, it's um, usual. So it felt good to get the full 90 in, uh, good for my experience, and hopefully next time I'll be even less tired than I am right now. What did you apply from that game to this game? Um, just to move forward from what I did last game because I knew I had to step up my game from last game. I couldn't go under that. Uh, I had to play harder, play faster, so that's all I try to do and try not to go under the bar from last game. So. Last game you said you were uh, nervous. Were you more comfortable coming into the game? Yeah, the game? yeah, very. I was very more relaxed, more comfortable. Yeah. The nerves are still there, of course, because you're still trying to help your team and all that, but I was really more relaxed and more composed this time. What did Tata tell you before the game? What, was, what were his instructions? Um, just to attack, but also if I'm attacking, I need to do 100% attacking, but 110% defending. So it was more of the defensive side I wanted to look at today. Did you have your celebration planned? No. I was, when I scored, I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I just started running, and I guess it just ended up facing the crowd. So it was pretty cool. You started to do a little dance, but everyone jumped on you, and you couldn't. Yeah, I was really, I was really rocking. <laughs> so that's the only thing that came to my mind, so tried to. Where you, you, you scored, score? it seemed like you were, uh, seemed like you had a couple opportunities just like that in the yeah. game. Was that more of a strategy, or did it just? It just happened. I mean, it was just the play of the game, the the role of the game, so whatever came to me, I tried to do the best choice to do, so, yeah. Were you surprised that they kept leaving you space in behind? Um, no, because the way we were playing, we really stretched them out. Our formation really stretched them out, so me and Julian really had a lot of uh, space for us to drive down the line, so it was really good from the teammates making space for us. Anything else for George? Uh, given that, um, you know, Chris McCann had the yellow card simulation, did you know all week that, you know, there was a good chance he might start? Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. How did, did that change your preparation at all? Uh, no, just kept focused, you know. Played regular Fortnite early in the week. Preparing <laughs> <laughs> myself to watch video of New England, of course, and just it was a regular week for me. You said you're going to go crazy tonight. What's George Bellow going crazy? Just like, uh, probably just screaming myself, you know, <laughs> hanging with my buddies, you know. So I don't know. I don't know yet. Okay. I'd have to be more Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like tomorrow recovery. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, Coach. Now Julian Gressel, was this the kind of performance that you wanted to see after last week's game? Yeah, I mean, we uh, controlled the game today. You know, we wanted to come out and be on top of the game, control it, uh, make sure that there's only one winner today. And uh, I think we, we did that early on, sometimes a little too lax maybe in the first half, um, where we kind of were like, uh, you know, we got this. But um, ultimately, you know, we, we see out the game. It's kind of an annoying late goal there. But uh, we're in the game three points. That's all that matters at this point. How happy are you for George? Oh, extremely happy. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, I don't know if he's, he's already inside the locker room. He might, he might still be crowd surfing out there, but <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, he deserves it. Uh, it's a lot more to come from him, and uh, it's just the beginning. Julian, New England had, if I'm not mistaken, about 17 fouls in the game. Were you guys expecting that type of approach to the game physically, um, and how did you guys adjust? Uh, yeah, I mean, they've been a team that did follow out all year, you know, they're very aggressive uh, when they press. Uh, today they kind of let us have it in the back, and then once it got to the midfield they were pretty aggressive. 
Um, so we're definitely expecting expecting that. Um, yeah, so not, not really any surprises, and uh, yeah, we just had to had to play through it and kind of kept our head and, and just uh, yeah, just kept going and kept playing within the game. Is there any type of concern going into the playoffs and, and facing a team that might approach a matchup like that, like they do, like getting physical and maybe crossing the line a little bit? Because they were, they, there were some questionable tackles as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I actually thought the referees did a pretty good job early on. You know, they gave them, I think, I think they got like four yellows, five yellows. I'm not sure. Um, but um, it's obviously the job of the referee to kind of keep them in check as well, and if, if anything gets out of hand, kind of take control of the game in that sense. Um, but um, like I said, we have to just keep playing through whatever comes uh, comes at us in the playoffs or whenever or in the next two games. Uh, so it's just uh, it's a good learning game today. I think uh, that we'll that we'll maybe can draw upon later later on. If Almiron uh, misses time, how do y'all move forward? Without him, for a little. <laughs> no, I mean uh, Miggy's hard to. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's Miggy, you know, like we want him on the field. But uh, I remember last year it kind of happened as well, and we were able to, to then still win some games without him, you know. So, uh, I mean, it, it is kind of what it is. We'll, we'll move forward. We hope, hope it's nothing serious. You know, I hope he'll be back very, very soon um, because we want him on the field, like I said, and, and he brings a lot uh, for us. And, uh, but, yeah, it is what it is, and we'll, we'll kind of just, just have to deal with it. What did you guys notice early on? You guys kept playing long passes over the top and to Miggy and Joseph, and they kept finding success with spacing behind. What did you guys see? Yeah, I mean, that's just what the what the game presented you know, to us. I think they, they kept a really high line. Um, they were very compact in the midfield, so we couldn't really get any balls into the midfield to our attacking midfielders so that they can face the play. So, uh, yeah, we found some space in behind early on and, uh, and just played, uh, played to that, you know, where we have a lot of runners. Me on the right, you know, you have uh, George going in behind on the goal, for example, you know, or, or <coughs> even before where he's offside, um, where we score, and, uh, and uh, yeah, so it's just just kind of what the game presented itself. Julian, something that you guys do really well is getting to the box in numbers. Tell me what you saw um, on your goal when, when Tito had the ball. Did you see the space open up? Did you see the run before? Yeah, I know it's, it's a long ball from Brad, and I kind of just flick it on, and, uh, and uh, I mean, I get a pretty good a jump on the ball and I, I flick it and Tito runs in the space uh, there and I, I see him he's 1v1 and he's kind of not really in a position to cross or shoot um, and I just see a lot of space and Kellen Rowe was right there and I just kind of was like it was just a little determination goal where I just kind of muscled him off and and ran in behind him Tito plays a great ball and I, I just figured just to shoot it uh, <laughs> for a post and then yeah, I went in uh, so uh, yeah just saw the space and, and kind of kind of what what the situation brought yeah, I thought. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a tough. Like I said, it's a tough, uh, tough game to come into that quick. You know, without really warm up, you didn't really expect it to come in that that early. And um, but I thought he did a good job. You know, he found his way into the game and, and then kept the ball for us, traded some things for us. So um, I thought he had a good game. Just like everybody else. What was different between today and the guys changed the strategy or something that helped you play better? Uh, well, it, it's a different opponent, first of all. You know, it's a completely different game. It's at home. You know, I, I think we're very comfortable at home. Um, New York's very comfortable at their place. So it was just a, a different matchup today, you know, where we, we wanted to come out and be on top of the game, be our team, be the team that we are at home, you know, control the tempo, control the game for 90 minutes and uh, and then just, uh, yeah, just score goals. And uh, Have you guys discussed um, what you have to change
Now Michael Parkhurst. Points here today. Yeah, very important. Uh, you know, we've done it all year. After after a bad performance, especially after a loss, we've always come back and, and had a good result, had a good performance, and today was no different. You know, we knew it was a big one. You know, three games left. We control our own destiny. We take nine points. We win our first trophy. So, uh, step one done. We're able to do well, especially in the first half defensively, to limit their offensive chances. I thought the guys on the outside were fantastic. We didn't allow them to get crosses into the box. You know, the seal's very good in the box, makes good runs, uh, but he needs service, and uh, he didn't get any today because uh, Julian and, and George and uh, Jeff and Leandro did very well on the outside, making sure that they didn't get any easy crosses in. Um, you know, guys pressed hard, and we were able to keep the ball, so, so that helped as well. What were you doing when you were 16 years old, 253 days? <laughs> Not scoring goals in front of 45,000 people, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, you know, it's, it's impressive. And, you know, not just the goal, you know, of course the goal is well taken, but he uh, had a very strong performance you know, offensively and defensively. Uh, really did his job well tonight, understood what was needed of him in different aspects, um, defended really well one-on-one, -on -one, especially in the second half. So uh, a, a very, very good performance from him. What did y'all learn last year when you were forced to play without Almiron that you may need to apply to these next few games? Everybody has to play better. Um, you know, Miguel is a guy that we rely on heavily. And, uh, so he's going to have you move up. Leandro needs to get into his locker room. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Miguel's a guy we rely on a lot. Obviously, he can uh, break pressure single-handedly. You know, if you play the ball with anywhere on the field with him, he's able to dribble one guy and, and, and create space because he's so quick, so fast. Uh, so, you know, if we're without that for any period of time, guys have to step up. Um, we have to do a little bit more movement on the field. We have to connect more passes, probably, because we don't have uh, the outlet that he provides. Any frustration that y'all were within a few seconds of your night shutout this season? Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, of course, defensively, we we love to keep the zero, and we worked hard to keep it tonight. Um, so, sure, we're disappointed, but um, you know, we're, we're more happy with the three points. That's you know, much more important. And now, Jeff Lorowitz. All right, Jason, what do you have coming up this week? Overreaction Monday. Um, there might be a few overreactions, maybe to injuries, maybe to other things. Um, 9 o'clock on SoccerDownHere.net. You can listen on the Spreaker app or website. You can listen to our Soccer Down Here app on Android. And the Apple version is coming if we can ever figure out the coding. Apple's being a little difficult. Um, this week, also stoppage time over at 989 The Game on Facebook Live at on Wednesday at 2 o'clock. And the twos, uh, ATL UTD 2, last three games of the season, starts tomorrow, Charleston Battery at 4 o'clock. Um, games on Wednesday and Saturday as well. If you can't make it out to Cool Ray Field, you can watch those and listen to our call on ESPN+. Plus. Pleased with this kind of bounce back performance tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I think that we're disappointed from from last weekend, but there wasn't really time to feel sorry for yourself. We had to, you know, take a few days to recover and then refocus. And you know, three games, take it game by game. Tonight was the first one. 
What did y'all learn last year when Almiron was out that you may need to apply to these next couple of games? This is an important couple of games. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, we're a different team from last year, but playing without him is, is tough because he, he does so much. He, he does it so well for us, but it's just like anything. You have a roster of players, so you need everyone to step up, and I think that last year we did that pretty well, and, and um, you know, hopefully he won't be out for long, but if he is, then, then we regroup and deal with it. How about this guy tonight? That was great. You know, another comfortable performance. I think a lot of different ways he was good. Um, you know, obviously the goal was good and his attack in the first half, but I thought in the second half, one to one defending was very good. And, um, you know, it seemed like they got to him on that side, but then they never got past him. That's really good. So, um, solid performance. And, you know, he'll just get more and more comfortable. All right. Thank you. All right, and I have posted the updated game story from Atlanta United's 2-1 to win over New England on AJC.com and tweeted it out from Doug Robertson, AJC. I have posted my player ratings, again, tweeted it out from Doug Robertson, AJC, and posted sidebars on Bello and Almiron. Uh, I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast. I hope that you'll rate this podcast, please, and I hope that you'll share it with your friends. I hope you'll also subscribe to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Again, Atlanta United, 2-1 to one winners over New England. It just needs a combination of six points, either won by it or dropped by the New York Red Bulls, to clinch its first supporter shield. Within those six points, if either won or won or dropped, Atlanta United will clinch a spot in next year's CONCACAF Champions League. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. Follow us on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Have a good night.